This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, Episode 28, 10 Rules for a Happy Marriage. You start. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Marriage Bites Podcast. We have a fun episode for y'all today. We were discussing and brainstorming what we could talk about for our episode today, and I actually found online, this is kind of interesting, uh, it's a little cheesy, I think, but there is this list of 10 things. 10 rules for a happy marriage. It's 10 rules for a happy marriage. And and we have opinions. We do have opinions. <laughs> and we thought it would be fun to go through the list and then we would talk about them. Mm-hmm. Give you our opinion and maybe bring in some factual knowledge about some of this stuff. Okay. So yeah. uh, do you have anything else to add, Andalyn? Let's dive in. All right. The first rule is never both be angry at the same time. What do you think about that? I think that's bunk. I think you both are going to be angry at the same time. I think if one person's angry, the other one's... I mean, there's a good likelihood they're going to be too. Well, yeah, it depends on what they're angry about. But partly it's because it's inferring that being angry is bad. Right. But being angry isn't bad. I, I agree so much through at least my childhood and into part of my adulthood, anger was considered a negative emotion and we don't want any negative emotions, but I feel like we're on the earth here. One of the reasons we're here is to experience all of these emotions and to know how to live with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and maybe we'll talk about this some other time, but anger does serve a purpose. It does. So it it's not a bad thing. And besides... How do you decide whose turn it is to be angry? <laughs> right. Well, what if you're angry, but your your spouse was angry first, and then you're like, dang it, I can't be angry this time. Oops. Broke that rule right, right away. <laughs> I think it's a little bit simplistic. I think there's there's going to be times when you're both angry at each other mm-hmm. at the same time. Or yeah. angry at someone else or something else, and it might be... Yeah, it's pretty much unavoidable in my opinion. This is a rule that nobody really can keep even if they wanted to. Right. I think it's a rule that has been passed down from generation to generation. It's. Um, I don't even think it serves even our parents' generation very well, though that might have been something that at least my parents might have said. But Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a great rule. Me neither. Okay, number two. Never yell at each other unless the house is on fire. Hmm. Well, you definitely want to yell at each other when the house is on fire to make it more tense. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me one time. So our house has two levels. We have a basement. And in our basement, we have a fireplace. And one winter, I tried to start a fire down there with the boys. And it ended up smoking out the entire house. And it was because there was a column of cold air in the chimney and we didn't do anything to get that column of cold air out. And so when the fire started going, it produced a lot of smoke. And that column of cold air held the smoke down. And it ended up blanketing our downstairs and part of our upstairs with smoke. So much so that you, we, I remember laying on the ground and belly crawling. <laughs> because that's the only place where there wasn't smoke. Mm-hmm. And even then it was pretty darn bad. And Yeah, that uh, was bad. There was a lot of yelling during that. <laughs> yes, there was. But luckily the house was not on fire. It wasn't. I wasn't worried that it was going to catch on fire, but I was worried that we're going to have smoke damage. And we didn't. We've done that actually a couple times. And after a few days, it dissipates. (laughs) 
Right. It's terrible. But is there ever a time when it's appropriate to yell at each other? That's a good Except question. Except for during a fire? Sure, that's a good question. I think if you're yelling at each other, there's obviously going to be some strong emotions. And I don't, I don't think it serves a great purpose. No, I, think I don't if think you're, it is either. I think if you're trying to work through something, yelling at each other isn't going to help. I guess yelling to each other, like shouting down the stairs to come upstairs... It's one thing. Yeah. Yelling across the yard to, I don't know, communicate something. It is different. But but. if you're yelling, you're such a jerk, I just don't think But if you're calling each other a jerk, but not yelling like, oh, what a jerk you are. You're such a flaming tool bag. Right. (laughs) That's not actually better. Well, what what if you're looking at your spouse and you're smiling as you're saying it? They may not take you seriously. That's probably the case. Maybe we should make a different rule. Hmm. So how, what would you say instead? Instead of never yell at each other unless the house is on fire, what would you say instead? Uh, I, I actually, I think I agree with that rule. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're yelling, you are very upset. But if you're wanting to fix things, it's not going to help things at all. What I'm trying to say is that if you're yelling at each other, it doesn't create an atmosphere to fix whatever is making you mad. That's true. I agree with that. I mean, I think of all the times when I've yelled at the kids or at, I don't think I've ever yelled at you. I don't know. Maybe I have. But it's letting your emotions get the best of you instead of staying Mm -hmm. in control. I think it shows out of controlness. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add to that one? Nope. Okay. Uh, Rule number three. If one of you has to win an argument, let it be your spouse. So I have some mixed feelings about this one. I actually do too. I feel like the concept behind it is probably... I think the idea that we can be generous to our spouses is a good one. But first of all, if one of you is arguing and the other one is arguing, you can't both win. I guess maybe you can. I don't know. Well, I think if you're arguing, it's harder to see the other side. And to come to a resolution about whatever you're arguing about. I will say this one reminds me of another rule that some people have told me as a man. They've always said, when your wife is angry, just tell her she's right. And so everything will be peaceful. Just let her win because she's going to win the arguments anyway. Yeah. And my my thought to that was, what if she's wrong? Mm -hmm. And, And I'm certain I'm right. What if she's wrong? Or what if... What if she's in the wrong, let's say she's complaining about something that's not in the home or not complaining about you. What if she's wrong? Mm-hmm. Do you defend your spouse by saying, yeah, you should be right when they're wrong? I just, that never sat well with me. And I don't, I think that, I, I know it was said in, in, I don't know if it was good humor or in a, I guess, trying to help you as a husband be a good husband to your wife but if your spouse is wrong or if your wife is wrong then she's wrong mm-hmm. and it's okay to to not give into that this rule sort of comes off to me as like in order to keep the peace don't stand up for yourself just let your spouse be right in order to stop the fighting sometimes that's useful or appropriate but not really not very often in my opinion right if during the argument you realize that you are wrong, it's okay to, to say, yeah, I've now changed my opinion. Well, yeah. And I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. 
If you really are. Don't hold on to that ego and say, no, I must be right. And that's not easy to do. It's not. To admit, okay, yeah, I was wrong. It's not easy at all. We always talk like, oh, it's easy if I'm wrong. I'll admit it. But when you're in those shoes and you're in that situation, it's not so easy. That's right. It kicks your it kicks your ego right in the junk. Totally. Yeah. Okay, number four. If you have to criticize, do it lovingly. I actually agree with that. Yes, I do agree with this one. Because you can say anything in a loving way. Just because it's a criticism or like a request to do something differently doesn't mean you have to do it in a mean way. And honestly, if you do it in a loving way, you're much more likely to get the response that you want. You're much more likely to help them understand where you're coming from. And to get them to listen. I like it. I know there's been times, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anyone, but there's been times when when you've come to me and was critical about something and it didn't seem like it came from a loving way. And boy, I threw up the, the brick wall right away. I'm like, ah, defense time. Yeah. But when you come at it in a loving way, it's so much better. And I, I know I shouldn't have used you as an example. I've done That's the same okay. thing. I've I know I've done it, it lots yeah. of times. And I, and I have to. And it's, it's just, if you want the brick wall to come up, don't do it in a loving way. <laughs> yeah. But if you do it in a loving way, it's the Trojan horse. It gets in there and then, ha Spring into action. Well, not ex- I don't know if I would use that <laughs> analogy quite like that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Never bring up mistakes from the past. Um, yes and no for me on that one. Yeah, me too. Sometimes it's important to talk about the past for various reasons. Um, I wouldn't say just bring up the past, dredge it all up during an argument because you're mad and you want more ammo for your argument. That's probably not very constructive. Right. Probably not useful. I think if you're bringing up past uh, mistakes, especially in an argument, now you're just wanting to win. And it doesn't lend to any kind of success in that argument. I uh, I think bringing things up from the past when you are discussing something in a loving way as, hey, this is what happened and you know, from our past and let's, you know, we've been working on it, we've been fixing it or whatever. Or how can we do it differently in the future? Right. I think that's fine, but I guess it depends on the energy you're coming forward with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, number six. Neglect the whole world rather than each other. Hmm. I'm kind of torn on this one too. Definitely don't neglect your spouse. Yeah, but you can't neglect what's going on in the world, too. Yeah, but... If you did that, our youngest would be flushing toilet paper and and soap down the toilet all the time. So you have to, <laughs> you have, to have that global awareness. And you have to have balance in your life. You have your spouse. You have your relationship. You have your kids. You have your work. You have your personal needs. I don't know if it's useful to just say, I mean, put your spouse first. I don't even know if I would even say that. I would almost say put yourself first. Take care of yourself so that then you have more to give to those around you. If you're always putting your spouse first and in a way of like neglecting yourself, that's not helpful to anybody. Yeah. I think it's important not to to spend all your time on other things. And I mean, you you have to give your spouse some time. You have to give yourself some time. Uh, maybe Maybe it's a priority list. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's self, your spouse, and then everything else. Yeah. You know, maybe everything else has its own priority list as well. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't neglect the world 
but you really shouldn't neglect your spouse or you may end up not having one. Well, yeah, I see that a lot. I hear people talking about how their spouse hardly pays any attention to them and feeling dissatisfied with how they feel like they never see each other and stuff right. like that. And it does happen, but you also can't just say, well, I'm going to spend time with my spouse, so forget about the job, forget about making money, right. forget about all the other things. You... If I may add, though, if you do have a, a rather rigid and unforgiving schedule, and it's hard for the two of you to be together, then you can do little things to not neglect your spouse. Give them a phone call, send them a text, let them mm-hmm. know what you're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. You can do little things, maybe leave a note before you go to work while they're still sleeping. If they mm-hmm. are. Sometimes I remember putting notes in your lunch. So I did that a few times. And, and I always loved those. Yeah. And it didn't take very long. And it was something that you'd sort of find as a little surprise later. So it was a way of connecting while we were apart. Right. If that makes sense. And sometimes my coworkers would see those notes and say, what is that? And I'd just say, my wife let me know she loves me. <laughs> and then they would ask me, who made your lunch? And I'd be like, my wife did. I used to do that. (laughs) You used to. And they were always blown away by that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. This one is, uh, I definitely have some feelings about this and I know you do too. For number seven, never go to sleep with an argument unsettled. Or, Or in other words, never go to sleep angry with each other. Well, and I think I just flatly disagree with this one. I think I do too. I, I guess sometimes when you're angry at each other and it's getting late, you need to get your sleep. And some things take more than a, a few hours in the evening to settle. Yes. And you might go to sleep angry and you might wake up the next morning and a lot of that emotion maybe have drained off or at least enough to where you can re-engage. Yes. And have a better a better outcome or at least have a better communicative experience. Yeah. And if you're going to stay up all night arguing instead of getting some sleep... That's not helpful for anybody. And you're not even going to be able to resolve it. No, you're going to be tired and angry the next day. Just go to bed. You're going to be tired and angry. (laughs) So at least if you're just going to be angry, it's better than being tired and angry. I think that's one of the rules of a happy marriage that I think was pounded in me the most growing up. I, I heard that a lot. I did too. I heard it from people I went to church with. I heard it from my parents, mostly my mom. I heard it from, uh, lots of different people and I just don't think I believe that. Now that I've been married to you for 22 years, it's... That makes it sound like it's my fault. <laughs> no, 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 it's not your fault. Um, it's just, I just don't think I agree with that. Yep. That's bad marriage advice. I think it's well-meaning, but just not very useful. It's not very practical. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think it's because eventually someone may just be like, you know, what? I'm tired, I give. And they're just like, okay, I'm not, t- I'm not angry anymore. When they really are, and they hold in that resentment. Mm, okay, that's an interesting point too. That someone's like, well, I'm tired. I'm gonna go to sleep, so I'll just give in. Just tell you you're right, so that I can go to sleep. Because oh. right, I, I can't help but think of all those uh, older married people that I've talked to who are been married for 50, 60 years, and they they say, oh, we we never went to bed angry with each other. We are always happy. Finally, we went to sleep. And I can't help but think how many of those people, husbands or wives, who went to bed not having it resolved in their head and they were resentful and they just held it in. Yeah, so trading anger for resentment? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not better. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Okay, number eight. At least once a day, say a kind word 
Or pay a compliment to your partner. You said that really well. Well done. Thanks. I like that one. It's simple. It's short. At least once. I well, think we can all do that. Yeah, I was going to say, why stop at one? Right. I tell you almost every day now that you're beautiful and you're smart. It's because it's true. Well, you do say that. I do. I mean it. Thanks. Yeah. And you have a cute nose. <laughs> okay. Weird. Okay, here, funny thing. Back in college, a million years ago, I was just walking to my apartment, and there's this guy, and I was on the third floor. There's kind of a walkway to all the doors of all the apartments. And there's this guy, and he told me that I had nice ears. And I was like, thanks? He was just kind of a quirky guy. I don't even remember his name or anything, but he was hanging out, I think, with one of my roommates or something. I was like, nice ears? That was like... I've never had that compliment before. I wasn't totally sure how to take that. That's something you'd hear from a Ferengi. (laughs) Maybe so. But you do have nice ears. But I was like, that was kind of a weird thing. But I I think it was flattering. He meant it in a nice way. He wasn't like trying to make fun of me. Yeah. I I think your ears are nice. They're well well sculpted. They're not like big old monkey ears. They are kind of. In my baby pictures, they're like... Sticking straight out. I've only seen pictures of you and your baby a few times, and you were, like, super cute. Thanks. Still are, but... (laughs) Anyway, weird compliments that you get. And they're nice to kiss. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah. A little bit TMI. Yeah. Call them nibblers. For the audience. Okay. (laughs) And stop. All right. Number nine. We're on number nine. Number nine is, when you have done something wrong, admit it and ask for forgiveness. I like this one. I like it too. And we all do something wrong probably every day, maybe multiple times for some of us, like me. I was going to say me. And it's not always easy to ask forgiveness. It's not always easy to admit when you're wrong. But don't admit you're wrong when you're not wrong. That would be my only caveat. But if your partner is saying you're wrong, listen to them because maybe you are. And even though you think you're right, it's Yeah, okay. it's not easy to self-confront. On things like that. Number 10. It takes two to fight. And the one in the wrong is usually the one who does the most talking. Or yelling. Or yelling, yeah. Tell me what you think about this one. Well, if that's the case, then you're always, not always mostly wrong. Um, in that's that n- case... That's not a dig on you. That's a, sort of a dig on me because I don't talk as much as I probably should. Okay. I'm not <laughs> totally sure how to interpret that. But um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. It does take two to fight. It does. But again, is fighting bad? This is a, another one that kind of implies that fighting is bad. Yes, insulting each other is bad. But having a conflict, there's nothing wrong or bad about that. Yeah, and it takes two of you to have a conflict. Boxing match would go nowhere with one boxer out there just throwing punches. Well, he would win after two seconds or Or something. Or he'd get tired after, you know, 30 rounds and fall down. (laughs) Then nobody would win. Yeah, he won and he lost. Huh, weird. And I automatically said he. What if it was a she boxer? Hmm, interesting. I'm going to have to look and reflect deeply into myself now. Hmm, let's take a moment should play the jeopardy song oh that's a good idea insert jeopardy song but the one who does the most talking is usually the one who's wrong uh i don't know if i agree with that i don't agree with that at all yeah especially 
as the one who talks the most. <laughs> I'm a little bit biased on that, I'm sure. Well, but that's the thing is that your spouse may be more of a talker and you may not be. And I think that's how we are. But that doesn't mean that when you've talked more that you're automatically wrong. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, so it, I think your personality as a person or, you know, the two of you, your personalities will play into that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, certainly, though, somebody who does do most of the talking may be the one who is wrong. But that's not a, I don't think that's a, as I like to call a hard and fast rule. It's mm-hmm. not, it's just, that's a silly one. Yeah, I agree. So we've already gone through all 10 of these things. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I hope the sounds from out there are not coming through on the microphone. They probably are. So anyway, if you have any opinions that are different than ours on any of these, send us an email if you'd like. We'd love to hear your perspective on it. So recently you recreated a list of 24 dates that you can do with your spouse at home that are cheap and easy and fun. Yeah, and they require very little or no preparation. And I saw some of those, and they looked like fun, and we are going to try some of them. Mm -hmm. So I will put a link in the show notes where you can get this 24 at-home dates fun guide. I don't know what to call it. What was your favorite thing to do in your list? Ooh, probably the one where you play Twister. The naked Twister? Well, that's the challenge. So for every activity, there's like a special challenge. And so if you're competitive, this might be your kind of thing. That's funny. I was thinking of the Twister, too. That would be fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, most of them can be done with kids around. That one, maybe not. Probably I mean, not. Depends on you, but most of them can be done with kids around, too. So it'll feel like you're doing it together with your spouse, and it could be a lot of fun for just the two of you. But if you really don't have a babysitter and the kids are there, you can still do these activities and still have a lot of fun. A lot of laughing, a lot of connecting, a lot of memory making. And like I said, it doesn't cost anything, most of them. And some of them don't even take a lot of time. Yeah. But you have some time together where you can laugh and have some connection. Yeah. Get a little bit physical, playing Twister. Maybe. Yeah. You don't have to play naked if you don't want to. It's more fun that way. Maybe. Anyways, maybe that's not my favorite one. Maybe I need to just stop talking. Well, the one who usually talks the most is wrong. I mean, according to number 10 on our list. (laughs) Right. But we debunked that, so. Yeah. And they're made in a, it's like a printable sheet, but they're made that you can cut it apart and make it like cards. So you can cut them apart and put them in a bowl or something and then pick one out. So you could do one each weekday with your spouse. It would be mm-hmm. like a month of dates mm-hmm. that you can do with your spouse. Or if you did like one or two a weekend, that could be six months worth of fun activities to do together. So anyways, the link to get it, it will be in the show notes for this episode. Try it or else. I think that's all I have. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Have a nice week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Bites Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Let us know what you took away from this episode by sending us an email at info at You can also see what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Andalyn Price Coaching. Or you can visit my website, andalynprice.com, to learn more. See you next week. Bye! Bye.
Number five, never bring up past, or let me start over that one. Number five, bring up mistakes from the, let me start that a third time. <laughs> the one in the wrong, is, let me start it over again. Well, they're hard, aren't they? It is hard to read. <laughs> Weird. Sing it. It makes it easier. Oh, I should do that. I can't do that right now. I totally want to do it, but no, I won't. But is the door locked? Our kids are coming home. Dang it. The storm Not is about dang to it. hit. Yay. So Wait, when you should... say yay, do you mean yay, yay like hooray or yay as in yes? I'm happy when our kids get home from school. I don't um, know what's your... I can't speak for you, but I'm happy when our kids get home. But it is probably going to get loud here. They're going to come in looking for us and open the door. So maybe we should hurry and finish this up. Good thing we're on number 10. Number 10, it takes two to quarrel. And number 10, it takes two to quarrel. You messed it up already. <sighs> number 10, make a quarrel though. That just doesn't make any sense. It takes two to make a quarrel. I'm just going to change it because I can't say that. Just change it. <laughs>